Welcome to Second Wind with Joyce Buford, a program for and about women. Joyce Buford is a certified coach who has a passion for helping women who need a second wind. Joyce is the creator of Uncover Your Hidden Genius, a program that will help you live a life of greater purpose, fulfillment, and ease. As a certified coach, she studied directly with her mentor, Jack Canfield, author of the Chicken Soup book series, where she served as an assistant to his training program. Through her study with many prestigious coaches and mentors, she has created a powerful program that has positively impacted hundreds of people. On today's program, Joyce and her guest will help you learn how to get your second wind. Now here's our host, Joyce Buford. Welcome to the show today. We are going to have an absolutely fantastic show because we are talking about something very, very important to us. You know, the best age is now. I don't care where you are. I don't care if you're 20, 30, 40, 50, 60, 70. Right now is the best age, and you're only going to be here once. So making the most of that day and time is so important. So that is the topic of today, to love where you are. And we're going to particularly address the mindset of middle age. Where are you in middle age and where are you? what are you thinking? So I'm so excited about our guest today because she's going to address those that topic for us and give us some wonderful ideas and energy to move forward. But first, before we get into the show, I really want to thank my new, adv- new advertiser, which is HelloFresh. They joined us about three weeks ago, and I have had the best time of my life enjoying their the box that comes every week it's fantastic and the food is delicious and the recipes and it is delicious and fun to prepare now like all of us we're pretty busy so having one of those responsibilities of going out buying the food getting all the ingredients is really settled when you order hello fresh food that comes to your front door. I had uh, wondered about this for about participating in a program like this and had really kind of put it on the back burner, but I have been so pleased with HelloFresh. So today, whether you're a vegetarian, gluten-free, or whatever your menu might be, it's all offered through HelloFresh. And I'm offering you a great deal. Right now, you can receive $35 off your first week of meals delivered to your front door by going to HelloFresh.com. And if you use my name, J-O-Y-C-E, Joyce, for your order, you will get $35 off your purchase. That's a deal. Wow much fun you're going to have and enjoyment and really get great benefit out of this program. So remember, go to HelloFresh.com, use my name, J-O-Y-C-E, and you will get $35 off your first purchase. I want to say thank you, a hello, a big thank you to HelloFresh for joining Second Wind and for offering you this great opportunity. So now, talking about a busy woman, Dr. Robbie Ludwig is a nationally known psychologist, a 
award-winning reporter, and an author. And she has a relationship contributing to many, many, many published um published issues out there. She's a regular guest on CNN, Fox News, Headline News, and has appeared on Today, 2020, The View, Steve Harvey, The Wendy Williams Show, and the list goes on. She's quite impressive, and she has gotten there because she's just a dynamic woman. And so what she has done is taken on this mindset and creating your dreams through her wonderful book, Your Best Ages Now. So, Dr. Robbie, I welcome you to the show. I'm so excited about what we're going to share today with the listeners. Oh, thank you so much for having me. Oh, this was exciting as I was looking through your book and seeing all of the different topics, and I was going, yep, I want to read that, yep. Yep. It just all seems so right where I was. You know, we think about mid-age as like going downhill. It's sort of like Mm -hmm. we peaked. And so now what do we do? Yes. (laughs) Well, you know, and, and, and this book was inspired really by a personal experience that I had. I, I have like a three-prong career. So I, I have a private practice and I write and then I do TV work. And it's really mm-hmm. interesting because as a therapist, and you may see this too as a, you know, as a career coach and as a, a life coach, mm-hmm. um, as you get older, there's more gravitas in a way as a mm-hmm. therapist. You know, being a young-looking therapist is not always such a great thing because people assume you may not have enough experience or life experience Mm -hmm. in order to guide your patients down the right path. Um, But in TV, you know, it's a very visual medium, and everybody is trying to figure out what works. And Mm -hmm. uh, sometimes the the feeling is, oh, let's let's get the younger audience or whatever the case may be. And it was several years back, and I was interviewing for some kind of TV pilot or something that was in the works. And the casting director, and the casting directors tend to be very young in in these positions, asked me how old I was. Mm -hmm. And I was never one to lie about my age because I feel I've earned every single year. And to lie about my age would be like dismissing all the lessons and experiences that I had gained uh, over the year or or years. So I told Mm -hmm. her my age, and there was dead silence, and (laughs) I got off the phone thinking, wow, you know, maybe I wonder if I've aged out of uh, doing this kind of work and if my best years had come and passed had I already peaked. And it it sent me on this journey of research and discovery, and and that's really how this book came into being. Well, it's so needed. You know, when I work with clients, I... I'm working with mainly your audience that you wrote this mm-hmm. book for. And it is it is just um, sad to see sometimes in, I'm like in middle America, okay, in Texas, and I see way too, in a small town, and I see way too many women that think that their life is over at mm-hmm. the 60 mark. It's kind of like, well, I've peaked. Okay, now what? And you can feel that heavy energy with their situation. 
And part of it is a cultural script that we've been taught that seeps into our unconscious, where Mm -hmm. youth gets idealized. And, you know, when we hit midlife, which was originally called the prime of life, and then over time, uh, you know, kind of acquired some of these more negativistic imageries. So when I set out to do my research, I looked at many of the midlife books in that space mm-hmm. and really found that it was very depressing. It was a lot about how to negotiate loss and grieving and how one was not relevant anymore. And it just seemed, or some of them were funny and humorous kind of dealing Mm -hmm. with that issue, but it was not reflective of what I was seeing around me in New York City or the midlife women that I was working with. And Mm. what I was discovering is that these women seemed to be on top of their game. They looked better than ever before. They seemed to be more confident. And I was curious about this cultural disconnect uh, that I was hearing about and yet what I was seeing in front of me. And so when I looked at some of the new literature and the new research, what the science was showing was not reflected in our cultural ideology yet. So, for example, kind of this idea that you're deteriorating was not Mm. reflective psychologically and was not reflective um, in in the brain research studies that we found. For example, people in midlife continue to uh, form new brain cells. And Mm -hmm. in some ways, we handle conflict better than ever before because we also have the wisdom that we have acquired over the years due to the changes in the amygdala, we tend to see the glass half full versus half empty, which can benefit our relationships. And our personalities tend to change as well. We continue to grow and we um, we improve as we get older because we tend to be more conscientious and we tend to handle and problem solve also in, in a much more even way. These are not things that we would really hear, right? We'd hear, oh, right. uh, people are are not feeling as good about themselves. And, and I think, mm-hmm. really, if you ask and interview people at midlife, if they feel better and more confident, they'll say, wow, I feel so much better in my own skin. I've learned about life. I've learned what's important to me, and I want to continue to do so. But when met against this cultural or psychological idea that's been out there, there's nothing available. You've hit your prime. You're past your prime. It's a very dangerous idea that can get people to internalize an expiration date that has no place and doesn't exist. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. I I'm I do you find that now is your practice primarily it's not focused at um midlife women no, is it or no, do you I, find I it deal that with way? a range of ages I mean adults I treat adults so I yes. I treat a range of adult ages and and some people are in the midlife space some are a little younger and some are a little older. Mhm. Yeah. Um so when you when you saw when you wanted to create this book, and I'm I'm trying not to get in too big of a question because we have break coming, but 
when you decided to do this book and you did all your research, I think it's interesting that you settled, was that settled on the mid-age? Was that partly because you were also feeling the need for uh, exploration and to share what you had found out about being in mid-age? Yes, I think part of it was arriving at midlife and really believing that science was a game changer in terms of what the new midlife was and that the old idea was not helping women in midlife. And since we're going to be living so much longer, I really wanted a book that compiled the most positive scientifically backed research so that women could have a program to follow that would be useful and helpful to them. Well, when we come back from break, we will be talking more with Dr. Robbie and she'll be sharing some of the knowledge she acquired. Transformational coach, motivational speaker, and author, Joyce Buford returns after this short break. Would you like to know how to bring more ease to all the decisions you need to make in life? Knowing your core values is the first step in Joyce's free live masterclass. You'll discover your top five core values in as little as 45 minutes. Join her now at freegiftfromjoyce.com. Growing up in Wisconsin, no matter how frigid it was outside, my Uncle Bob never seemed to get cold. He would come in from the snow wearing a t-shirt and remark how fresh it was outside. Then again, folks from Wisconsin are a pretty hardy bunch. As America's official dairy state, the cows have been known to give ice cream instead of milk when the temperatures drop. What's a word for a giant snowball that is formed by rolling a smaller one through a field of snow? hug a dog Megla is an old Scots word meaning to trudge laboriously through the snow. And mufflements is an old Lancashire word for thick, warm, insulating clothes and gloves. Don't forget that you shouldn't try and send text messages if you're standing out in the cold. It can lead to typothermia. It's marching I'm Carolyn Davidson, and you can have fun challenging your words you never heard vocabulary with my free app, Too Funny for Words. Welcome back to this segment of Second Wind. Joyce Buford, the creator of Uncover Your Hidden Genius, continues in this segment to share insight that will help you live a life of greater purpose, fulfillment, and ease. Now here's our host, author and coach, Joyce Buford. Welcome. Today we are talking with Dr. Robbie Ludwig, who is a psychologist, but she has written a fabulous book about living in the now, and the name of the book is... It's right here. Dr. Robbie, tell me the book. Your Best Age is Now. And how did you choose that topic or that title? Well, it's kind of interesting. I was playing around with different um, title ideas, and nothing really was resonating with everybody. Um, And then I came across on Instagram. I was following this makeup artist. Mm-hmm. And um, and actually, this European makeup artist, go figure, and in part of um, an Instagram that she was saying, it said, my best age is now. And I just loved the concept, and it was right exactly um, as I was, you know, working on the book, and mm-hmm. I brought it to my 
editor and I said, can we play around with this idea and, and use it as a book title? And she said, I love it. It's perfect. And the moment we chose the name, we knew it was exactly right the right message, the right title, and, and just perfectly matched for what was inside the book. Well, yes, because as I look at a, the all of the different topics, you, you refer a lot, you do a lot of comparison with, like, topics about um, comparing it to the way we used to handle problems or how we thought about new things in our life, comparing it to the past and how that really hasn't changed much in in our life. Even though the years have grown, we still have the capacity to handle problems with even more um, wisdom than we did in our earlier teens and youth. Right. You know, one one of the comparisons that I make in the book is that midlife has a lot of similarities to the teen years. You know, there are a Mm -hmm. lot of hormonal changes. While the teen years, um, young kids are separating from their parents and venturing into their own independent adulthood, when it Mm -hmm. comes to midlife, it's, it's... it's a bit similar. I mean, there are those hormonal changes, those bodily changes that are happening, and it's mm-hmm. almost like we're entering into a new mature adulthood. And so mm-hmm. if we borrow from the energy of our teen years, you know, the wise part of our teen years, um, it can really, it's almost like rebooting ourselves for, you know, midlife and beyond. For example, figuring out a way to say yes to life continuing Mm -hmm. to stay modern and recreating ourselves, connecting to our friends and understanding the value of that, eating healthy, exercising, experimenting with new ideas, learning how to say no to Mm -hmm. concepts and ideas that are ill-fitting. These are all things that uh, adolescents do quite naturally, and we lose along the way as we become adults because we learn the importance of following rules and we learn the importance <laughs> of, you know, listening to what society tells us to do. And by the time we hit midlife, we, we've mm-hmm. experienced enough of life where we can say, this works for me and that doesn't work for me. And I'm okay with saying yes to what works and no to what doesn't. And it's almost a stop and pause moment when people say, what's right for me now? What's next? Mm-hmm. I think that's a great comparison between the teens and the the midlife because we do have so many new things appearing that send us messages that say, oh, I'm changing. But if we mm-hmm. look at it like, oh, I'm changing. Now what does that bring? It's a totally different energy around it. Or I love I'm the improving. Comparison. I mean, there are people uh-huh. that look far better during their mid-years than they did when they were younger. You know, mm-hmm. they look back at a younger picture and some, some might say, oh, wow, I look so young. Or, oh, I like the way I looked <laughs> in that one picture. And, and sometimes they might say, well, you know what, I, that, that person was cute. I liked her, but I feel better now. Or I know how to take care of myself better. And so this mm-hmm. mindset of deterioration, given the scientific advances and what we know about lifestyle and what we know about epigenetics, which is, you know, we are, we do have certain uh, genetics, and mm-hmm. but how we treat ourselves and the choices that we make and the lifestyle choices can either turn on certain genes or turn off certain genes. So 
you know, the choices that we make and what we know now is really um, helping all of us to live longer, younger. And the longer we can keep this younger mindset, the more optimistic and hopeful we can be. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, how do you work with a client when she, uh, you know, one of the signs of of aging is, of course, when we start forgetting things. And how do you rebuild that um, fear? It's almost a fear that that's a sign of aging. How do you work with somebody to help them realize that's just a passing um, experience and just not to put so much meaning into it? Yeah, it's so funny. I was speaking to um, a friend at, at college, and um, and he was in town recently. And he was mm-hmm. we were trying to find a word. He goes, "Oh, how do you like my dementia?" And we laughed <laughs> because we also knew each other when we were like, you know, young kids, and and now in midlife. And I've worked with patients who've obsessed about um, losing their memory. And one of the things that I point out is, you know, when you're very preoccupied and you have a lot on your plate, which certainly mm-hmm. midlifers do, it's yeah. harder to stay focused, right? It's mm-hmm. easier to forget certain things or, um, you know, when you're not getting the right amount of sleep. It also impairs your ability to word find or to be as clear-minded or to uh, have a good mood. So mm-hmm. I point out some of the other factors that also contribute to, you know, people feeling not quite as with it. A mm-hmm. lot of it can be just being overwhelmed or sleep-deprived or not being able to take care of yourself. So we work on, you know, providing other explanations for what they're noticing. And I think just even when we're told things happen in a certain way, so if we're told, oh, you know, when you get older, you you lose it, we're Mm going to start identifying anything that that is close to that experience as losing it. So it's like a negative self-labeling. So I really try to work with my patients. Listen, if you're concerned about memory, you know, go get tested out because you never want to analyze something that could be organic. But after a test comes back and everything's fine, then really reading, staying current, using your mind, taking mm. care of yourself is a great antidote to staying, um, you know, sharp and with it and, and feeling good about yourself and, and, and your mind. I love that you brought up the sleep issue because as we age, sleep is an issue that a lot of us yes. start dealing with. We That's just don't right. sleep well. You I, know? I, mean, and, I think that there are changes that go on in the body that impact the uh, type of sleep that we can, the, the depth of sleep that we really can enter. And mm-hmm. So that is something that we do need to be conscious of because, you know, a lack of sleep certainly impairs your concentration, impairs, it it, it really does impact how we go out our day, the choices we make in food, um, Mm -hmm. what what we end up eating, how we end up thinking and our mood level. So, again, it's really being conscious about taking care of yourself and being deliberate about that because you want to take care of yourself when you're still healthy. You know, you want to do it. You don't want to all of a sudden take care of yourself when you're, you know, dealing with severe medical issues. I mean, if that happens, 
then, of course, take care of it. But, you know, midlife, really a lot of staying well is maintenance and, and being conscious about making good decisions that keep you uh, in that well-being space. Mm-hmm. Yeah, being more proactive in, in taking responsibility for your health is, is exactly. pretty important to those mid-years. And it's very easy to get lazy about it. And it's something that I even struggle with because I'm so busy pursuing a million things in life. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, sometimes I'm, I'm taking care of my kids and, and they become a priority and their doctor's appointments. And, all and it's very hard to find a space for self. But it really is important in terms of increasing the quality of our lives because the better we feel and the stronger that we are, um, then it's going to lead to more opportunities for us and just feeling better in life in general. Right. Um, when you talk, when somebody is feeling particularly stressful about some area of their life, where's the best place to start in attacking? Well. I need to take responsibility for this. It is where I am in life, and I can do that. But how did they start addressing it? Do you have any tips on that? Well, I think the first step is to identify what the stressor is and Uh to, to also take care of your mental hygiene, to look at some of the thoughts and self talk and the way that you're interacting with yourself. One of the recommendations I make in the book is to find a way to meditate, even if it's just five minutes a day, to take a time out to just center yourself, identify your thoughts, and to focus on how you want to feel. Um, The studies in terms of, um, you know, meditating is just really fantastic in terms of how it heals the body. So that's where you start. You identify the stressors, you identify your self-talk, and you make changes one step at a time. You know, we Mm -hmm. tend to think that change can only happen in big steps and in a big way. And the truth of the matter is some of the most powerful changes we make are habitual. They're little small changes that we can incorporate into our lives on a regular basis that can change the direction of how we Mm -hmm. feel. Mm-hmm. All good words of wisdom there. I love the meditation. Um, I think that's a very important part of mm-hmm. j- just getting to know yourself and accepting who you are and where you are. It's yeah. like listening to your God or whatever drives your yeah. your life. It's yeah. very important. Yeah. I mean, in in my book, Your Best Age Is Now, I certainly provide a program that people can follow if they really feel kind of the imagery about midlife is not accurate and they want to, you know, rebel against that out kind of outmoded idea, this idea that no longer is well suited for them. And, you know, to engage in spirituality, self-discovery, finding mentors, both older and younger who can guide you. Um, mm. How, what to to look for in terms of your eating regimen, your exercise regimen. And, um, you know, there are mentors in my book that also provide their expertise in terms of what works for them uh, to inspire the readers to find a new path so that they, too, can find the agelessness at whatever stage they're in. Yeah. Well, when we come back, we talk about how you broke the book down because I love the topics and how they're so, um, even talk about finding love. So Mm -hmm. when we come back, we'll be talking with Dr. Robbie. 
transformational coach, motivational speaker, and author, Joyce Buford, returns after this short break. In 1929, William Lear and Elmer Wavering of Quincy, Illinois, were out driving with their girlfriends. One of the girls suggested it would be even more romantic if they could listen to music. The guys liked the idea and started tinkering with installing a home radio in the car. They sold their idea to a radio manufacturing company and applied for a loan with a local banker to get production started. Thinking it might sweeten the deal, they installed one of their new radios in the banker's vehicle. Unfortunately, the banker's car caught on fire and they didn't get the loan. They must have felt like Dunder Klumpens. Not giving up, they drove to a radio convention and sat outside in the car with the radio blasting. Soon orders were pouring in and taking a cue from the Victrola because their radio was going in a car. They called it the Motorola. It's I'm Carolyn Davidson and you can have fun challenging your words you never heard vocabulary with my free app, Too Funny for Words. Welcome back to this segment of Second Wave. Joyce Buford, the creator of Uncover Your Hidden Genius, continues in this segment to share insight that will help you live a life of greater purpose, fulfillment, and ease. Now here's our host, author and coach, Joyce Buford. We have so enjoyed talking with Dr. Robbie Ludwig and her new book, The Best Age Is Now. And that we're talking about the 40s, the 50s, the 60s. That's your best life wherever you are today. But because of some of the um, thoughts going out there, she has particularly chosen to talk about the age where we sometimes think, oh, it's midlife. We're getting older. We need it's coming to the end but her idea is no it's just opening up the best time is now opportunity is now one of the endorsements of her book was a must read for anyone who fears her prime is in her past ludwig's practical and perspective changing advice will help you embrace spend life's unique opportunities and navigate challenges with ease so that you can live your fullest life Yet, I love that Dr. Holly Holly Phillips, MD, um, shared that with, uh, wrote that about Dr. Robbie's book. So that pretty well sums it up. I love that. That Oh, thank you, thank (laughs) you. Um, Yeah, no, it totally does. And I wanted people who didn't have the opportunity, let's say, to come into my office to really feel like they were talking to me or having a session with me. And I got a a huge compliment from one of my midlife patients who Mm -hmm. said uh, to me, she's like, I'm reading your book slowly because I really feel like I'm having a conversation with you. And I was like, oh, my God, she gave me the biggest compliment because that is really how I wanted people to feel, like they were having a conversation that they could then internalize and make sense of. Mm-hmm. That's a really wonderful com- compliment, I think, because we love having conversations with trusted friends. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's wonderful. But how did you decide? I mean, you told us why you wrote the book, but it's so interesting, I think, when you look at how somebody breaks the book down. And you even talk about beauty can be a blast, finding love, making a living, making a life. It just in spiritual opportunities. So how did you decide to break it down the way you did? 
Well, I really was thinking about the different areas people present during midlife or just life mm-hmm. in general. You know, there's mm-hmm. the health piece, there's the spirituality piece, which I really feel is the way to achieve the ultimate mental health. And this is not connected to a religion, but mm-hmm. simply understanding that there's a bigger scheme to life than sometimes our perspective allows us to see. Um, yes. Especially since humans are inclined to see the negative. It's way easier to feel bad than it is to mm. feel good. And evolutionary Idiot. psychologists believe in part that survival um, survival as is part of our survival structure because if we're on the lookout and worried then we'll be better able to take care of ourselves now mm-hmm. i can certainly see that um but in terms of everyday living feeling worse can interfere with our creativity and thinking out of the box and thinking about different strategies so that's how the spirituality component came in and then the others are are pragmatic and what i've heard in my practice you know dealing with love everybody wants to know how to manage through relationships which which Mm -hmm. can be challenging and i um know that midlife too is a time when a lot of marriages end and break up and people are looking for love and so that's something that i've dealt with in my private practice and the work piece is also Mm. another very real piece where either people are eliminated from positions they've had for years or really want to try something new so it was really based on just pragmatics trying Mm. to address the various areas of people's lives that they might be interested in and I was, I, what I like about the book is that if somebody wants to start after reading mm-hmm. the first chapter and getting a basic sense of the philosophy of the book, if they wanted to start on the work chapter, they could start there. You know, that each chapter addressed. Um, it stands what a, Yes. Yeah. And so if somebody wanted to start with a love chapter, they could start there. You know, wherever mm-hmm. a person needed or wanted to start, the book is designed so that can happen. Mm. Well, I I so applaud the making a living and making a life because, as you said, in men's life, so many people find they go through a divorce, they lose their spouse, they have a major change like loss of job, and uh, they need these words to realize they have it, they can have whatever they want with effort they can recreate that life that they uh, thought they had lost. And many times it's enriched because Mm -hmm. uh, they're more in alignment. They know more about who they are and what they want. Mm -hmm. I love the way you've broken this book down. Oh, thank you. Yeah. For I imagine the midlife without anxiety and stress is one of the top ones that are written. I mean, it certainly certainly can be, uh, you know, yes, because I think we live in a very busy world and we're inundated with messages. And, you know, even if our days aren't the most busy, just even if you're looking at your emails or just your phone, it's like everybody is inundated with so many different messages that you really need to consciously be able to set limits and say, this is what I'm going to address today, and I'm Mm -hmm. not going to address X, Y, Z today because there's no place for it. It's unnecessary, and, you know, it's, it's, it's not in my best interest. So really, people taking care of themselves is, is getting new research and understanding what's real and what's myth. Yeah. Um, not 
not shutting down opportunities for themselves, yet being pragmatic. You know, I would never suggest if somebody wants to be a rock star at 50, you know, to quit their job and just try to be a rock star. I mean, I think that um, it's great to be able to incorporate your talent, skills, and interest into your life, but to be smart about it. You know, mm-hmm. to, you know, if you're interested in something, take a class. By the time you reach midlife, you have a lot of connections already so that you can, you know, ask a friend or, uh, you know, your your cousin or who, whoever it is, a friend of a friend, to see mm-hmm. if they have access for you. And what we found in terms of connections, sometimes it's the six degrees of separation that can be the most helpful because they can be <laughs> objective and less competitive than your inner circle, which is kind of interesting. And I'm sure, um, <laughs> you know, can feel true for a lot of people, but, you know, just think about LinkedIn and, and, and we really have ways to connect now that we didn't, uh, in the past. And, and that's certainly true for, for love relationships, you know, in, in dealing with, people in midlife who want to address the love piece. What's so mm-hmm. interesting as a therapist is that, you know, we think, oh, you know, you get married at this point, um, you know, that there's a traditional way to go about doing things. And midlife now, it's not like one prescribed way of living like it was in the past when Gail Sheehy wrote Passages. People mm-hmm. tended to get married at a certain point, have kids at a certain point have empty nest at a certain point, that things were a lot more um, linear. And now Mm -hmm. somebody can become a grandparent at 51 or become a first-time parent at 51 because science has really opened up the opportunities for women to make choices at various points in their lives. So, Mm -hmm. you know, it's not like everybody is dealing with the same life issues. But in terms of romance, I think what's so interesting is that there are people who truly are not ready for a re- relationship until they're um, in midlife or beyond. They just needed mm-hmm. to work out certain kinks in their relationship or the intimacy was, was too uncomfortable. They weren't ready for it at 20, 30, 40. But in their mm-hmm. 50s and beyond, they really are. Or people can find the love of their lives at a later point in time. So we don't tend to think in that way, especially right. women tend to think, oh, my value may be lost when um, I'm no longer young. But the truth of the matter is people are finding rewarding re- relationships at all different times of their lives. And it's not always the prettiest and the youngest person in the room wins. And there are many men out there who love the idea of somebody who comes with history and, and, and they want to share a certain mindset in life when mm-hmm. it comes to choosing a partner. So I think all of these stories help people to understand that there are a lot of possibilities out there for them and not mm-hmm. to write them write their life off as being hopeless. Mm-hmm. I um having made that transition through divorce myself, I realized in my, you know, the process of healing that when you marry, you marry, and you don't really know sometimes who you are. So the advantage of later life marriages is, of course, you know I did, you know who you are, you know what you can do, and it's such a benefit in choosing a partner. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, you think? I, I yeah. do, and also just even understanding what marriage is about. You know, I think when people are younger, there's an idealization of romance and marriage. And so mm-hmm. certainly the opportunity to understand that, 
you know, marriage is a wonderful thing, but you are marrying another real person, and there yeah. are no perfect connections, and that you're mm-hmm. flawed and they're flawed, and it's a matter of how do you navigate um, challenges in a relationship. And I don't know if people, when they're younger, can fully understand that because, you know, they are in a different phase of life. So, mm-hmm. yes, people can bring that new knowledge to a relationship and new level of appreciation, which is very helpful. Yeah. I always say that when we get married younger, we're still living in the Cinderella era where we believe in the Cinderella story, you know. Yes, Um, yes. Where do people find your book? Because I do think they want to add this. Every woman out there needs to have this book and, and add it to her collection, to her oh, library. Thank you. Thank you. So it's available on Amazon.com and mm-hmm. Barnes & Noble has it. And you can look on my website, drrobbyludwig.com, and certainly see the section for my book. And people have choices, several choices of where to order the book if they're interested. Mm-hmm. So there are mm-hmm. lots of possibilities out there for people who want to buy the book. And the soft cover, I believe, is coming out in April. Ah, well, this is fairly new because it's it came out in April, didn't it? Yes, of this yes year? it did. And what's so nice is that this book is really an evergreen topic. It's, mm. it's something I could talk about you know, last month, and it's something I could talk about next month. It's not like it's reliant on a certain news story, um, but it's it's timeless. And I think it's something, the idea of midlife, and we keep pushing it as a moving target, so when people really feel they have hit midlife is later and later. As I mentioned Mm -hmm. earlier, Gail Sheehy, her midlife crisis was at 35, and that sounds so young to us these days, right? I mean, that's when people are just starting out. Oh, yes. I remember that book. That was almost like the law back then. Yeah. It was like, oh, my gosh, she's playing this all out. It's perfect. I understand it. But then as we age and we change and we see society changes, oh, my mm-hmm. goodness, then we have, oh, well, maybe maybe there's a little new few th- new things going on here. You close your your book with this, discovering new purpose and meaning. And um, I thought that was a great way to end the book. And so discovering your new purpose and meaning. So that mm-hmm. opens up all sorts of dreams and desires for what you want your new purpose and meaning to be. So I know that chapter is full of goodies to read. So as you, I know you're pleased with this book. I know that it has gotten absolutely fantastic reception. So when we return, we'll talk about how this book has changed her life as well as it's changing ours. Joyce Buford returns after this short break. Close your eyes and imagine living your life without limits. Where would you go? Who would you meet? What would you do? During an Uncover Your Hidden Genius session, you will discover what's keeping you from living your life with purpose, passion, and fulfillment of your potential. You'll get a clear vision of the steps you need to take to uncover your hidden genius so that you can live a life without limits. Sessions can be done over the phone, Skype, or in person. Find out more at www.JoyceBufordEmpowers.com or by calling 903-287-0747.
cuisines and sacred rituals is a quest, a place, and a feast. Join host Vilasi Venkatachalam every week to explore myths, mystique, old medicine, and brilliant modern solutions through a dazzling kaleidoscope of cuisines, cultures, and cures. This is the place where tribes gather, strangers and familiars, to be memory keepers and makers of our evolving, enduring, evergreen, spoken legacy of wisdom and ingenuity. In Velocity's words, when we do old things in new ways and new things in old ways, we paint with an inspired palette, weave our own healing traditions, and become our own guru. Vilasi is a troubadour of secret cuisines and sacred rituals. She collects stories of wisdom, ingenuity, and grit. She believes wellness and transformation happen when you stand at the threshold of delight and discovery. She displays her hidden penchant for drama when she leads the safari at the supper club. Her favorite pastime is to extol the marvels of cuisines, cultures, and cures to her audience in workplaces, seminars, and salons. Her mantra is, be your own guru. She is a biochemist, botanist, and alchemist who likes to churn delightful, useful things from a brew of art and science, ancient and evolving, old medicine, and new cures. Join Velocity every Friday at 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, only here on the WooHoo Radio Network. Welcome back to this segment of Second Wave. Joyce Buford, the creator of Uncover Your Hidden Genius, continues in this segment to share insight that will help you live a life of greater purpose, fulfillment, and ease. Now here's our host, author and coach, Joyce Buford. What an exciting show. I mean, your best age is now. Embrace an ageless mindset. Re-energize your dreams and live a soul-satisfying life. Dr. Robbie, you have really hit this out of the park. It's a tremendous book of support for women in midlife. And it answers and addresses so many of the things that we experience as we age. And that mindset gets twisted a little bit. I want to say a shift just a minute and say thanks to my new advertiser, HelloFresh. They are a dynamic company that sends food to your front door. You go to their website, you choose the food and the menu that you want that week, and it is sent to your front door. There's The good thing is it, it's new recipes, they're delicious, they're health healthy, and they also are things that you enjoy eating. The proportions are appropriate, and there's no waste. It just makes life so much easier, and mm-hmm. it's a great great product. So I encourage you to go to the website, hellofresh.com, sort of peruse the website, see what you like about it. And if you really like what you see, then you have the opportunity to have a discount, $35 off your first week, which is an awesome deal for you to sort of try and introduce and get feel comfortable with the product. But you get this discount by going to lowfresh.com, use my code name Joyce, J-O-I-C-E, and you will get the disc, the $35 off your first purchase. You're going to love this. It is an awesome way to go, and it saves me time. I'm a busy lady, too. 
So thank you, HelloFresh, for this wonderful opportunity. And I love sharing the message here. Now, we're going back to talk a little bit more with Dr. Robbie about the book that she wrote. And when you write something like this, Dr. Robbie, and I know you have to be pleased with this book because it's, I love the way you presented it. It's just uh, so to the point, the flexibility, and you can go to where you want to go in this book very easily and address that first. So are you pleased that the book has been received so well? by the public of course i i am and and what i like about it is that people really feel like it has a therapeutic impact that Mm -hmm. there's a beneficial impact when they read the book and inspired to pursue or to do something that they've always wanted to do or to approach their life in a different way or just even knowing new information that can help them make different choices. I love being a part of that process. So I, I loved writing the book. I loved doing the research for the book. And I loved promoting the book and, and getting it out there and, and continuing to do so in different ways. Yeah. Uh, you've always been, it seems, a very generous giver. You're a prolific writer. You have written a lot to a lot of investigative discovered networks scorned. I'm I'm not familiar with that program, but uh, but you've contributed much writing as well as just being a media personality. Um, well, I, yeah, I mean, I consider writing all. You know, I I really I guess consider myself a teacher, um, mm. and so each vehicle that I do, whether it's you know, writing or being on television or being a therapist. It's all about communicating ideas that people can internalize, incorporate, and then use to enhance their life. And so sometimes that happens creatively through writing, and sometimes it happens creatively in my private practice. And hopefully it also is communicated when I'm, you know, talking on television. And there's, you know, taking... Con, kind of complex ideas mm-hmm. and turning it into something so that everybody can kind of walk away and say, oh, I get, I, I get that <laughs> idea now and I can really own it as my own. And so that's part of what makes my job so much fun. Mm-hmm. Oh, now you're, I want to ask about your private practice. Do you do a full private practice with all this other work that you're doing? I I have a private practice, yeah, although it's a very full private practice. (laughs) I'm in the office three days a week, Um, and really when I'm there, it's it's hard to do other things, although Mm. occasionally I'll do an interview for television, um, you know, in between patients, but Uh um, I'm in there three days a week, and then I work with companies on brand awareness and and getting messages out there in that way as well. Um, So I'm a brand ambassador for Lifeline Skincare. I'm on the medical advisory board for Bella Magazine. Um, Mm -hmm. I'm a contributor to Bella, and I'm a contributor to the Huffington Post. Um, And so really I'm talking about things that continually fascinate me, and I Mm -hmm. think are applicable to everybody because we're all curious about ourselves and the people that we interact with and hopefully the information that I'm 
providing, uh, provide some insight for people who are looking to gain some clarification about whatever topic it is that they're interested right. in. Right. Well, you live in the New York City area, yes. and yes. you are the mother of two. Yes, I have two teenage kids, and it's kind of interesting because when I was writing my book, you know, I noticed, too, that for women in midlife who have teenagers, understanding the positive aspects of the teen years can also help with their relationship with their kids. You know, and Mm -hmm. one of the suggestions I make is we often hear the topic of what would your older self tell your younger self. You know, Mm -hmm. I also pose the question, what would your younger self tell your older self because it might remind you of some of the things you've forgotten along the way. So an added benefit of having teen kids and writing this book and understanding, you know, the wisdom of of the teen years, I think can Mm -hmm. also help parents connect with their kids during this time in an interesting way as well. Well, having younger kids also keeps you young. Um, I know in my work, going into coaching later in life, I'm hanging out with usually 30s and 40-year-olds, which whenever I go to a workshop or a development course. So, you know, I look at people and I don't even get the age difference because I'm... Mm -hmm. I'm interacting. I think, and I think that's really important for people in their community where they hang out with some younger people so that they can, they are, they can interact with those younger people and realize there's, there's not that great a difference. Yeah, I mean, I first experienced working with a lot of younger people when I entered into the TV world because I was a therapist first. So although I wasn't old, I was a little bit older than some of the younger people I worked with. And I was like, oh, I totally get being around younger people. There Mm -hmm. was this youthful energy that I just kind of soaked in and loved. And one of the recommendations I make in my book is, yes, certainly have older mentors, but include some younger ones, too. Include Mm -hmm. a variety of ages into your life because – they can provide you with a different mindset and a different way of thinking that I think is really important to have. We really need all of our voices, all the general mm-hmm. generational voices, mm-hmm. because yeah. each generation adds value. And when we start disempowering certain generations and saying they don't have value, it's really a way for society to shoot itself in the foot because mm-hmm. we really need to hear everybody's voice and incorporate it into how we think and mm-hmm. how we move forward. Mm-hmm. Well, I I particularly appreci- appreciate the, um, the the sense of possibilities that they have with them. They're always, yeah. they're, there's always open limits. There's no limits, <laughs> let's say. There's they, no they limits in what they talk it, about. It, it's really true. They experience the future in a, in a mm-hmm. hopeful way. And I think that is the one difference that I noticed in midlife is that the future is not necessarily experienced as this kind of idealistic, positive way, because I think through life we get humbled, right? We've experienced some positives, some disappointments, Mm -hmm. some uh, failures, and some successes. So we understand, you know, the world can be a challenging place. But the more that we can kind of incorporate this hopeful mindset, it really does allow us to think out of the box and be creative Mm. and move forward in a way that can be much more positive for our lives. 
Yeah. Well, what holes is in the future for Dr. Rappi? Well, you know, hopefully more books. Um, Mm -hmm. uh, Hopefully, you know, various projects where I can continue to get my message across. and, Mm -hmm. And I will definitely keep you posted on all the new opportunities that come my way. Oh, I would love that, and I know the listeners would, because this has just been such a delightful hour in sharing your wisdom with them and the the book that you have written, and it just needs to be spread. This is a great Christmas trip. Christmas uh, gift for people. I think so. And and, and for the new year as well. You know, just people, you know, starting the new year and really wanting to embrace all the possibilities that they can. This would be a wonderful gift for people to read either on holiday or just whenever you have the time and, and to really just do it for yourself. This is something you just do for yourself to make your life better. Yes. Well, this has been a delight. I so appreciate that you were able to give us the time for this interview. And just because I love opening the world for my listeners, and you're an important part of that um, dream of mine to enable that. So I thank you so much for being part of this show today. It's been a delight to talk with you. Oh, thank you. Likewise, thank you for having me. Yes. As we go and look forward to the holiday seasons here, I hope that you will have a rich, hopeful, beautiful Christmas season this year that you'll maybe think of a gift in this book being that gift. But you'll take the the value that you have and the gifts that you offer to the world and realize that they are quite unique to you and only you can give them to the person that needs to hear them. So say an extra hello, say a happy or Merry Christmas, and share the gratitude of the season. Thank you. We'll see you next week. Joyce Buford returns next week at this same time for another edition of Second Wind. Through the Joyce Buford Empowerment System, women are receiving support during their transition and are able to reclaim their true purpose and strength. They receive the tools they need to map out new lives. You can find out more about her coaching services 